Thriving, Not Surviving, with your host, Gina Gardner. To lead others, you first need to be the best version of yourself and lead from a place of wholeness. Motivation, empowerment, leadership, personal and spiritual development are just a few of the topics you will hear on Thriving, Not Surviving. So sit back and enjoy the show with your host, Gina Gardner. Hello, everyone, and welcome to BBS Radio. I'm so thrilled today to welcome Masami Sato, a very, very special guest. But before I introduce her formally and read her bio, I'd like to share with you uh, something that really had a, a huge impact on me. It was in a recent conversation with Mark Howitt. He's the chief technical officer and co-founder of Store Electric and one of the team of experts to the United Nations, the topic of social responsibility came up. I was really struck by what he said. Ignore social responsibility and only focus on the financial profit, and there's no argument against slavery or empire. Now, even in 2020, when we're recording this, there are many instances of modern day slavery, sweatshops and uncaring businesses who operate today, providing the unthinking customer with cheap merchandise. There's also huge poverty around the world. And yet we think we live in a civilized society. It's my belief that profitable enlightened leaders understand clearly the benefit to their company, to their community of actually helping others. I think we'd live in a very different world if there was kindness. And Masami Sato is an amazing lady who has helped other people recognize that doing things for other people is incredibly important and provided the vehicle for them to do that. I'd like to read you her bio. And as you know, I always read it because I don't want to miss any of the richness. But before I do, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. So, Masami is the founder and the CEO of B1G1, a social enterprise and B Corporation based in Singapore. B1G1, also known as Buy One, Give One, helps businesses around the world integrate effective giving in what they do. Today, B1G1 works with more than 2,500 businesses and these businesses have created over 200 million giving impacts to date together. Masami has a diverse business background. She's a two-time TEDx speaker and the author of four books. She's also the mother of two teenage children. Her work originates in the belief that businesses with a real sense of purpose can make a real difference in the world. Welcome. Thank you very much for joining us today. I wonder if you'd share with uh, the people who are listening to this and viewing this, how did you come to do this? I mean, it's a pretty big thing to do. <laughs> well, actually, the idea itself is very, very simple. Um, and I guess, like, if you really think about why, you know, anybody start a business, 
then it comes to a simple realization that the people go into business because they feel passionate about something, they, they care about something. And、um, in my case, I、uh, started my you know, very first business, which was a food business,、um, nearly 20 years ago because I cared, first of all, about the kind of well being of people around the world. And I was passionate about food. So that's why I naturally went into food business myself. And when I started my business, I actually had a three month old baby. So it's probably not the best time to start a brand new business, right? Yeah, <laughs> Sleep deprived, <laughs> hands full. <laughs> yeah, but for me, actually, it felt just the right time. To start a business because when I became a mom for the first time, everything transformed you know, for me. My world changed because you know, until then,、um, I didn't feel such a deep sense of connection with anything or any, anyone. And I was so overwhelmed by this like, overflowing sense of love and connection. Um, and um, at that time, that was then I started to actually remember. Something that I had before, which was、um, this. When I was traveling、uh, in my youth, I you know, went to countries like India or Nepal or Central America. And、uh, during that time, I saw a lot of kids,、um, you know, for example, living on the street or not able to go to school. So when I saw those different realities、um, in front of me, I didn't know what to do. But when I became a mom, Uh, myself, I started to really think about this、uh, in a much closer. It, things were much closer to me at that time because I realized that my daughter was a lucky one, but there are lots of other kids who didn't have that、um, you know, uh, status or、uh, they're just born in certain circumstances. And as a result, there was not enough help for them. So for me, that was just the right time to do something. And that something was to become a business owner. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I got into business. And then、um, I decided that、uh, when that business、uh, grew, you know, grow and become successful, then I wanted to give the profit so that I could help children who are in、uh, different circumstances, you know, like street kids. And I thought that the older profit, you know, I could give to help build a soup kitchen and、uh, help feed and educate the street kids. So that's how I went into business for the first time 20 years ago. And,、uh, but then, you know, I discovered that quite soon or over、uh, the initial you know, few years that、uh, when you are running a business and、uh, trying to grow your business, then you are just too busy to be doing anything. <laughs> yeah. It's so, Then I realized, like five years after I started my business, and、uh, out of all the struggle and hard work, working like 16, 17 hours a day, every day, and eventually having two kids because I also had my son <laughs> in the first few years of starting the business. So、um, at that time, like you know, five years into the business development, and、uh, my company was starting to grow.、Um, and But then I realized that I wasn't really doing anything because I was still too busy. You know? We were still putting all the money back into business to try to grow the business. So one day, this simple idea came to me、um, that instead of trying to do something big in the future, 
you know, when we become really successful. What, what about we did something small? And, you know, what about doing that just every day rather than waiting until this future time? So the idea of buy one, give one, um, be one, give one uh, came to me then. And I started to give a meal, um, well, basically donate a small proceed from every cell of a meal uh, to feed a child, just one child. And so that buy one, give one, be one, give one, you know, the idea that we would do something small every day kind of really stuck with me. <laughs> and then it changed the way I thought about my life because it's so easy to delay things that we, uh, that's important to us, thinking that we are not ready or we don't have enough or <laughs> something like that. But the idea of doing a small thing every day, uh, that was just very powerful to me. And eventually, um, after some time, I decided to sell my food company in Australia and then moved to Singapore to start B1J1 as a global giving initiative so that we can help so many other businesses find the ways for them to uniquely make an impact, but through the things they do. So, you know, not doing big things, but doing little things regularly. So that's that kind of B1J1 initiatives idea <laughs> and the founding. Now, you say it very simply, we moved from Australia to Singapore and I set up mm. B1G1 and now there's 2,500 companies. Mm. But that, I'm sure, represents a huge amount of work and lots of challenges. So how do you move from well, one continent to another? I get that. And how do you take what is an idea that you've proven works and I think you're so right so many people think well I can't do it till it's perfect or I can't do it till I can do it in a big way but how do you translate from doing that within your own business to actually engaging 2,500 and growing number of businesses Mm. so that you know question is very interesting because I think it it began uh, much bit, you know, earlier than when B1J1 was actually conceived and started because you know, I told you that I started my very first business when I became a mom for the first time and how I felt about the problems that I saw in the world at that time. And so reflecting on like all the things I experienced when I was traveling as a vulnerable like backpacker in my youth. And at that time, I met so many people who were in really difficult situations or had very, very little. But then seeing me as a, this kind of young vulnerable person traveling alone so many people invited me to come to to eat with them or stay at their house and and they had so little and they didn't really have even enough for their own kids but they were taking me in to share whatever they had with me so that kindness and you know wherever I went there were always people who were willing to kind of share what they had and I was always wondering like why like why you had so little and why can't you share and I felt you know at times guilty to receive. So with that, when I started my business and I had so much hardship in the earlier days because I didn't start with a lot of money (laughs) and I didn't have the knowledge and skills or experience to uh, run a business. So in the earlier days of my first business was just, you know, amazing. So many challenges I faced. But 
the reason why I kept going um, through that time was because, you know, whenever I was in a, some of the kind of most challenging situation, I always remembered those people who had that giving spirit, regardless of what situation they were in. So I thought like, well, compared to that, I had, you know, more or I had everything I needed. <laughs> At least I was healthy, yeah. <laughs> even when I didn't have money. Um, so um, that took me, you know, going, and then I never gave up. So I wasn't willing to give up. Only reason why I eventually sold my business when my company eventually evolved to become a frozen food producer, and we were wholesaling up product to more than 150 uh, different stores in different states in Australia at that time. You know, I, I wasn't. I, I was never willing to give up because of that kind of determination people showed me <laughs> in the world in their own situation. So. The reason why I eventually kind of let go of that business and sold that business to start to be one one was because I realized that there were lots of people who wanted to, you know, perhaps run a food company, but there was nobody who was actually doing this work, this work to actually connect people who want to make a difference, who care with that tangible opportunities for them to make that actual difference to somebody's life. So since there was no, you know, giving industry, <laughs> there are lots of charities, but there weren't business of giving, you know, business of making a difference. <laughs> so that's a really yeah. important point because so many people want to do something good in the world, make a positive difference, but they don't know where to start. Yes, you can give money to charity, but I think what you're offering is something very different. So I'd really be grateful if you could give uh, us some idea of the sort mm. of projects that you work with, because I think that gives people who have no idea about B1G1, it is very different, isn't it? Mm, yes, it is. Um, some people think like when we say, oh, we, we, we also can call this idea by one give one, then some people sometimes think that it's about businesses giving what they are selling. So for example, Tom's shoes, then people thought that uh, it was about, you know, buying pair of shoes, then uh, Tom's will give pair of shoes away. So that was kind of the uh, original idea of probably well-known B1J1 model. But um, our B1J1 <laughs> is very different that it's not about what businesses want to give away because they are selling that thing, <laughs> but it's about identifying the actual issues you know that exist in the world in our communities and then finding the ways to make a, a positive impact long term and in a sustainable way working with the local communities so today we work with so many different um, charity organizations around the world who have a great experience dealing with those issues and then when we work with them we actually work to um, together to identify the breakdown of a specific impact unit. So if you imagine, let's say, you know, there are more than 700 million people today who don't have access to clean water. And as a result, they are getting certain disease or, you know, can't go to uh, work because they have to walk like two or three hours every day to just to fetch water. Or, so this is the reality um, of many of the people in the world. But then if 
uh, we are thinking about a big project like uh, you know constructing one uh, well in a community of hundreds of people living there, then of course it's quite expensive. So small business may not be able to say, okay, we will build a well. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's cost thousands uh, of dollars. And, but what we do instead is um, by working with the organization that focus on uh, the project delivery like that, and they have their um, cost breakdown and also statistics around the construction of well. So we yeah. could say, okay, this well would last X number of years without too much maintenance. And there are X number of people um, that live in the community. Uh, and then we would do the breakdown of the cost. Then we could end up with a micro impact unit, like giving access to water to one person for a day uh, cost just one cent. And in the same way, uh, even the meal project that I mentioned. Um, so let's say if you are funding a meal uh, that's given at a school, then what happened is these kind of communities, uh, kids don't tend to finish uh, education or even primary education because they often have to work, uh, you know, to support their family on the farm or, uh, or you know, they just the parents cannot afford the uniform or something. And it's just very simple reasons uh, exist why kids don't go to school or complete education. And but then uh, when the meals are available at school, first of all, it's encourage their parents to send the kids to school because then the kids at least get the free meal. <laughs> and also kids can actually concentrate on study rather than being with a hungry stomach. So then the meal itself will actually increase the education, uh, you know, quality of education and the rate of students finishing the education. And then it could cost just, let's say, 20 or 25 cents or something like that. So every project listed in B1J1, and today we have more than 500 projects um, in B1J1 platform, uh, those projects all have a kind of unique impact. And today we have a, you know, more and more projects that are working on environmental issues like planting trees or even clearing uh, plastic rubbish from the from beaches or um, yeah so uh, it's all about you know businesses identifying the things that they care about and then finding the ways for them to incorporate the giving in what they do such as like you know every time we have a great meeting then we want to plant a tree or every time uh, even you know when we have a podcast interview like this we could help educate a child or so Actually, by doing so, all the business activities can become much more meaningful. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. I've just joined and I'm very excited to get started. And I joined because I was part of an organisation that was a member and they talk about it at every meeting. Um, and one of the things that strikes me is that when you join if you then talk to your clients, if you're a business to business type client, mm. that can strengthen the relationship between you and your other business client who can then also see the impact of what they're doing, perhaps join. And I think we live at a time when, you know, we are, if people are listening to this um, radio show. They are already very privileged. The chances are that they live in a house that's uh, weatherproof, that they've got good plumbing that they've got enough to eat and although there may be lots of things that they would perhaps like to 
to do and to, to buy, that they're compared with so many people in the world, they are incredibly well off. And so I absolutely salute you because I think we need people like you who start these things off, who have a vision, and then who are able to engage other people in that vision and make it happen. So who would your ideal client be? Well, actually, any business can work with B1G1 as long as, you know, they believe in the fact that the businesses with a real sense of purpose can change our world. And, you know, so um, it's so easy uh, to, as, as I talked about my own experience, it's so easy to kind of, you know, postpone our ideas uh, thinking that we are not ready, like, oh, my company is too new or too small or too boring. <laughs> I don't know whatever that is. And, uh, um, we could think that the, what we are doing in our business wouldn't make much of a difference. It's so easy to do so. But then if um, any anybody listening to this think that, oh, actually, I'm passionate about what I'm doing, or I think my business and our business can make a difference by doing uh, something meaningful, then uh, all those people are right to people to, to you know, ca- come and discover the B1G1 community of giving businesses. Because this is really about you know, people and businesses coming together. We cannot change our world alone. Absolutely. And yeah, we can no longer depend on, uh, you know, few wealthy people or powerful politicians or huge companies to, to change the world for us. We cannot do that. Today, it is about all the individuals like us who can stand up together and then said, we actually care about our world and what's happening to the future generations, including our own children, but not just our own kids, you know, the children of the entire world. Then if so many businesses come together and create a habit of giving, then we definitely can solve so many, so many important challenges together. I think we often see things as the macro level, you know, I can't do anything about world poverty. That's for governments to do. Mm. But I think in in doing something where you are operating at the micro level, it builds up, doesn't it? It becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, And, you know, people, if you're listening out here and you've got a business, I would Mm. really urge you to get involved, to, to find a way. You can start small. It doesn't have to be something that's going to jeopardize you know, the future of your business. And actually, I think it can enhance your business because the people that you're working with, your staff and other, your your suppliers and other people will recognise the value of what you're doing and hopefully get involved too. Now, I know you've written several books and I know you have a um, an offer for the people who are listening. Would you like to share that? So um, one of the books I authored is called The Giving Business. And the Giving Business book talks about uh, you know, the story behind the B1J1 too. But it's a book about every business and every person who has the desire to make a great impact in the world and how we can maximize um, our ability to make an impact. And so uh, it talks about the power of small and it talks about how every business can actually work on creating 
creating a great giving flow in the business by doing lots of little things. And they really transform the culture of business. So um, if you are you know, interested in that, then uh, I'm here, here to offer a special um, ebook download. Um, uh, so uh, you can go to the link and then uh, download the book there. And that's the special gift from me as well. And then if anybody's interested in also B1G1, and if you happen to be a business owner or you work for a company that may be interested in uh, this giving movement, then you could go there and also uh, claim a special, like a personalized so-called giving plan to see how exactly your business can make a great impact in the world. So um, I hope that we get to connect it beyond this as well. <laughs> That's absolutely fabulous. Thank you. And all of those details will be in the show notes. So if um, don't worry if you um, haven't actually um, got the information you think you need, we'll make sure it's on the show notes. But if people wanted to connect with you individually, how could they do that? Well, they could find me on LinkedIn by searching Masami Sato, and then uh, you can request a connection request and uh, we can get connected there. So um, I, I believe that, uh, you know, uh, everything is driven by the power of small. So even one connection or one interaction or one idea can change uh, so much, you know, uh, so many things in the world as well. So I hope that we, we get to stay connected too. I, that's wonderful. And your website, share your website address with people. So the B1J1? website is uh, www.b1g1.com that one is number one <laughs> thank you so much it's been an absolute privilege and delight to speak to you please if you're listening and you're a business owner get in touch with Masami and you know you can make a difference anyone who believes that small things can't make a difference spend the night in a room a bedroom overnight with a mosquito and you will know that small things can be incredibly powerful. And rather than getting stung, that joining B1G1 can be a small thing, but in a really positive way. And if we connect and we all work together, we can make a real difference. So thank you. I am really grateful for you joining us. Um, oh, thank you, Gina. Great to be here. <laughs> So don't go away, folks. After the break, it's a genuine conversation with Rachel and I. Look forward to seeing you in a couple of minutes. Bye now. If you're a businesswoman who is overwhelmed or suffering from imposter syndrome, who is tired of having one disastrous relationship after another, or who finds it hard just to say no. Well, it's time to take care of you. You get the best out of life by contacting Gina Gardner, relationship coach and best-selling author and motivational speaker. Just visit genuinely-u.com or you can email Gina directly at gina at genuinely-u.com. Take action now. Start to thrive rather than simply survive.
Imagine being a highly successful, enlightened leader who is in complete alignment with your best self, who makes a positive difference on a daily basis. Let me introduce Gina Gardner, an expert in developing transformational leadership with over 30 years of experience. Gina has developed a unique and unrivaled approach to help you step into your genuine power to become an enlightened leader. And when you do, amazing things happen. Go to enlightenedleadership.co or email Gina at gina at genuinely-u.com. Hello there, and welcome to our Genuine Chats. The second half of the show is always a chat with myself and my good friend Rachel Davidson. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about dreams. And not in the sense of interpreting the dreams that you have night by night, but why do we have dreams and aspirations? And what's their purpose? Why is it so important? And how can you utilise that those dreams and aspirations to help you create a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. Not bad for a 20-minute slot. No. <laughs> As Martin Luther King says, you've got to have a dream. I'm misquoting him. Yes. <laughs> I have a dream today. Okay. <laughs> All of us have dreams and aspirations at some point, but very often those dreams are quashed by other people saying, don't be silly. Mm. Yeah, that's not possible. It's my belief that when we have a dream, something to aspire to, something to move towards, that that acts as a motivation. That keeps us going when life gets tricky. And it can be a real force for positivity in the life. But I think there are times when understanding why those dreams are important um, is vital. Because just having a dream that is sort of an empty wish you know my dream is to have a big new car or a a great job or my dream is to um is to become a pop star in and of itself isn't going to be the motivator that understanding why that's so important to you will be so what are your dreams do you allow yourself to dream do you give yourself the the gift of having dreams and aspirations You get what you focus on. So if you focus on the lack in your life and all of the things that are difficult, those things appear to grow. If you focus on your dreams and why that is important, Mm. then it's so much easier to plan your journey to get there. And even if you don't quite get there, you will have moved forward. And being in in movement forward is so important for us as human beings. I really feel that, that um, people who do not have dreams could also be described as people who do not have hope and could also be described as people who do not have meaning in their life. Generally speaking, those people are quite sad. I I don't mean as in, oh, my God, you're sad. I just I mean as in, you know, they they cannot find the joy in their life. They they would be um, 
described as depressed, wouldn't they? I would agree. And that's because um, there's something innately within us that requires us to have some meaning, some purpose. We are not just beasts of burden to to be put here and to do stuff for no obvious reason. We, We have to find meaning in it. And that's why dreams exist. I agree with you that um, many people don't really analyse their dreams enough and, and look underneath what the the um, stated I must have or I will yeah. have if I wish I could or whatever, yes. you know. They don't look underneath it and say, why do I want that? What, you know, what is it actually? What's, what's the base? If you listen to uh, people who um, have studied the law of manifestation, Mike mm-hmm. Dooley's a good one on this one, um, his theory around the laws of manifestation um, are, yes, don't concentrate on the lack because yeah. the universe can only give you what you're thinking about. Yeah. So think about the positive. But he also talks about um, not being totally tied to the outcomes. I think that's really helpful. And if you yeah. take off the, as he calls it, the dreaded house yeah. and think only about the feeling and you know the, the fulfilment that your dream yes. will give you, and that boils down to, in most humanity's case of, I want to find love and happiness. I, I would agree. <laughs> happiness, freedom and love. I think when you talk to people, they're the three, at uh, the bedrock of dreams. Are what I think it's harder to say, well, why do you want love? It's, you know, it's, there's just the innate sense of I need to be connected. I yeah. need I need to prove that I'm just not singular. Yeah. Yes. So you get you really get down to a very, very base. Um, but actually very you know, basic as in, you know, core of us, not as in uh, simplistic. Um, and I think if people did that analysis of their dreams uh, and actually uh, were more mindful of what I'm really seeking when I say I want that big house is that that I, I want to feel safe and secure yes then the big house may be the way they get it but actually there could be other yeah. manners in which to do it so dreams are very very useful but analyzing your dreams and understanding what's driving them is it gives them greater depth and actually may also yeah. clarify whether the dream you're up you know be careful what you wish for be careful what you dream for I also think it's important to recognize what are your dreams yeah. because so many people that I've worked with that when you talk to them about their dreams and, and again let's clarify we're not talking about at night the dreams that you that you have although they may be included in that in, in the context of this I'm talking about the things that you wish for mm. the dreams and aspirations your goals mm. call them what you will mm. what you're aiming for mm. and I think very often children are taught to aim for what their parents tell them is good or what society says is Absolutely. a successful life and yeah. and people lose that sense of passion and purpose around their own dreams they become completely subverted by other people's dreams and i think it's really important to give yourself permission to have your own dreams mm. your own aspirations and to understand why that's important to you mm. and if you look at highly successful people Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of research on, on you know, what makes highly successful people successful and maintain their success. And all of them have a very clear goal or dream or aspiration that they're working towards. And they are they often have no idea in the early stages how they're going to do it. Mm. 
they just know that that's what they're aiming for. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, that's what I'm doing. I've got my mission to positively impact on a million people in the next five years through the development of enlightened leadership. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm experimenting. You know, I'm asking people to listen and to help, yeah. but who knows what will be the, the way, and the chances are it won't be a way, it could be yeah. lots of different ways. Yeah. Now, why is that important to me? Well, it's important to me because I see so many people struggling. I uh -huh. see so many people who are unhappy and who have no sense of the possibility that the future can bring them uh -huh. when they do have dreams and aspirations. Uh -huh. And for me, doing that gives me a real sense of purpose and fulfillment uh -huh. and through that, a sense of happiness and connection. And I think if you're going to be a, a great leader, um, not necessarily of, of armies or, or countries, but just a great leader um, in, in whatever meaningful sense is relevant to your life, then you, you're best off accepting that each and every individual that you meet has their own dreams yeah. and their own particular reasons. And yes, it, it'll probably just boil down to that you know, basic human, human need for yeah. love, freedom, happiness. But if you take the time to understand that person at the level of what are your dreams, and if you can in any way facilitate yeah. those, then A, obviously, you know, you're putting out some fantastic energy into the world, but also you're building a connection with that person that, that no matter what, and I'm not just talking in a monetary sort of manipulative way, no matter what will prove to be a good investment. I think it's really important, isn't it? And particularly in challenging times and we do live in challenging times that people recognize that even when things are really really dark really challenging that having a dream having uh, having uh, the hope that that will bring is really important and if you can enable other people to believe in themselves and their dreams i think it's a huge gift if you can support people to achieve their dreams um then you're right, that connection becomes incredibly rich and strong. But I'd like to spend just a few minutes in, in, in thinking with you around how many people limit their dreams by saying it's not possible. You know, that finances, for example, are a really good reason why many people stay in uh, an environment, whether that's work or whether that's personal that is actually toxic mm -hmm. because they believe that they won't survive if they step out of their dis uh, uncomfortable comfort zone mm -hmm. and in doing so they limit themselves yeah now i'm not suggesting that you just go off willy-nilly but with some strategic thinking and some um some planning it's perfectly possible to move out of whatever environment it is mm -hmm. into something else mm. I'm not a big fan of um, of the sort of if you have a dream and you work hard enough, you can achieve it type of X Factor talent show type no. of. Because there are definitely some people who have fixated on a particular dream, an outcome, yeah. and um, have no skills, aptitudes, effort to back it up. <laughs> and and in those instances, these people are not done a service by having their dream sort of you know validated. Um, you know, as Simon Cowell sort of listens to them and says, you're not a singer, it, it's harsh to see. But on the other hand, quite evident to most of the audience that he's, he's quite right. And 
and there's a there's a lot of sort of talk around what you know Simon Cowell being harsh for that time. I'm not a big fan of Simon Cowell myself, but, but you have to hand it to him. He he, he doesn't he doesn't um, encourage a false dream in people. But I think that's when the why becomes important. Exactly. So why is it so important for that person to stand on their stage and have their five minutes of fame or infamy? Exactly. And ultimately, I think it comes down, the likelihood is that they want to be seen, heard and validated as people. Yes. And there are any number of ways to do that. You don't have to stand on a stage and sing um, in a way that gives everybody earache in order to do that. <laughs> you might just want your father to notice you. Absolutely. <laughs> it may very well be something that is much more fundamental. Yes. But I think it's still important that that person has a dream which is, is achievable or at least a goal that people can aspire to and get some way towards. Yeah, because the flip side of that is somebody, as you said, saying, what's the point? Oh, my God, you're never going to do that. And have you thought about all of these things that you're going to have to do and squashing yeah. somebody's hopes and, um, and dreams is, is equally as, as, um, as nasty. Um, as having your dreams overinflated and being told you can do something when clearly you don't, you can't. So, you know, it, it's sort of like Lucifer and and, um, and the trickster, you know. You, you've got to be just really careful about uh, and, and try to do that self-work of why. Yeah. Why is this important to me? I mean, I can't answer why writing is important to me. I, you know, I can't, other than to say, well, I, I enjoy it. I mean, you know, that's the base level. And And if people say to me, if you never sell a book, will you still write? And my answer is, if, if, if I have a particular person in my life available to read my stories, then I'm very happy to write them. But you see, you, uh, it's interesting that you say that you don't know why you write. When you talk about writing, you light up. Sure. And that's my point. That is my point, because I can't, I can't give a, a justification for it other than to say, well, I just... It I just like it. <laughs> it's more than like. It fills you up. It yeah. gives you um, a sense of being, of happiness, of fulfilment. Yeah, but I, I and exactly, I, I, I haven't stopped at the level of saying I want to write because I want to be famous. No. Yeah, I want to write because I want a legacy. You know, these these are all parts of layers of, of it. Yes. There's a possibility, and of we're that. not There's saying that those are wrong. No, no, no. But actually, they're incomplete because. Because actually the act of writing is a very simplistic one. Yeah? Yeah. It's very close to my soul yeah. core. Yeah? Yeah. And, and actually a lot of dreams can push forth and become big, big things. Yeah. Yes, um, People can become massively famous and well-known for the skills that yes. they've developed by following a dream. But most, most of the artists that I have studied didn't start with that as the end no. point. They started because they wanted to be in the moment of that feeling of being close to their purpose, their soul purpose. And I think that's one of the issues that, that lots of people, particularly youngsters, will talk about, I want to be famous. Yeah. They don't care what the fame is for. And when you say why, they can't answer no. it. <laughs> and I believe that that comes down to they need to feel that they have a value, that they need to feel important and for them, it has to be on a big scale in order for it to be meaningful to them yeah. because they feel they don't have that self-confidence. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked about my mission and it's to reach many people. But ultimately, I get huge satisfaction if I can help one person. And ultimately, you can only help one person at a time. Yeah. And I'm reminded of the old African adage, which says, you know, 
if you think your efforts are too small um, and unimportant, think about the impact a mosquito has when it's trapped in the room with you at night. Yeah. Um, and so I would say to people listening to this, you know, dare to dream. Oh. You know, have higher aspirations. Don't be completely wedded to it being in a particular shape. Mm-hmm. Be open to the possibility that it could take any number of forms. But give yourself permission to move forward. Give yourself permission to to believe in yourself in whatever you do. And in that belief of yourself, you will find your way. Um, And that's the place to start if you're struggling with your dreams and aspirations. For me, it always starts with us. And that's true of of if we want to make our dreams happen, it's not going to be down to somebody else. If we want to be a great leader, then we have to start by leading ourselves. We're the common denominator in our lives, aren't we? Mm. So it makes sense to make the most of us. So we'd love to know what you think. We'd love you to share your dreams and you can share those either on the Genuinely You Facebook page, come and join the group, it's free, um, or email us at gina at genuinely-and-the-word-you.com and let us know what your dreams are. It'd be also interesting to know what themes would you like us to cover in our genuine chats. Now, as we leave you this this week, I just want to share with you that if you want a great novel, um, <laughs> Rachel's writing, it really is worth reading, spiritual novels, The Point of Me uh, and The Truth of Her. And I've got lots of self-help books, the latest one, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment, that gives you lots and lots of help in terms of, of having that self-belief and being able to dare to dream. And you'll find the details on the show notes. But thanks very much for joining us. All our books are on Amazon. They're also on the website, genuinely-you.com. And we look forward to seeing you on the next show. Take care now. Bye-bye.